Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Welcome to the main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, Troy. I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, figure collector, and my other co-host is also a almost professional figure collector at this point, and he is our WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia. He is the jumping Jim Brunzel to my B. Brian Blair. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? What up? At least I got the good one. That's insinuating that there is a good one of the time. Well, I don't. They're not that bad. I I don't want to jump ahead, but seriously, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Let's just go and we'll get to that. (laughs) I will say this. I I mean, the gimmick was clearly stupid and I hated it, but I didn't dislike either one of these guys in the the Killer Beast. I I met um, both of them at a convention. Oh, well, for you. In in passing at at the uh, WrestleMania 29 one, they were just there. I didn't like 
go get their autograph, but they walk by and slap in people's hands. So that was cool. Well, you see whose autograph this is on my samurai sword? The Killer Bees. Because this is all I had on me at the time, and you're not just going to not get the Killer Bees autograph. What the hell? Step Brothers reference for anybody <laughs> who gets it. Oh, man. That's a collector's item right there. A Killer Bee signed samurai sword. Well, Damn straight. <laughs> a Killer Bee katana, baby. Well, today, if you guys haven't figured it out from the title, you just arbitrarily click on episodes uh, or download them, whatever. We are talking about UWF's Blackjack Brawl 1994. UWF is the Universal Wrestling Federation. This is the second iteration of it, because if you type in UWF, you're either going to get this or you're going to get the one ran by Bill Watts in the 1980s. So Yeah, don't get that one. This. That one's bad. We're, we're talking about the good one. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not talking about the one who... who uh, you know, had had a ton of stars that eventually uh, grew up and went to the WWF or WCW, and they eventually merged with Jim Crockett Promotions. No, we're talking about Herb Abrams, baby. Like, not to <laughs> not to jump ahead or anything, but like, the UWF is either ran by an ignorant racist or a coquette. That, uh, those letters were just curse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, UWF is just. It's something, man, and we've plugged it heavily before. We're going to plug it at the beginning of this episode. If you want to know more about Herb Abrams and the UWF as a whole, go back and watch the episode from Season 2. I think it was, it was, I think it was the one right before the season finale, or was it the season finale? No, Owen Hart was the season finale. Um, I feel like it was right, it feels like right before. I just watched it yeah. last night, by the way. It's refresh for this, so. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a great it's episode. It's actually really good. At the, the fact that... Um, I had no idea who he was or what the UWF was. I was like, I'm not going to say shocked. But I was like, wow, this is a really good documentary. Yeah. I probably never would have watched otherwise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dark Side of the Ring, uh, season two. And the episode is titled Cocaine and Cowboy Boots. It's on Herb Abrams. And it's cocaine because, like we said, he's a, he was a coke addict. And Cowboy Boots because he apparently... He was a little Jewish guy who loved wearing cowboy boots, even though he was from, like, New York or whatever. Like, that one was kind of weird. But we'll get into uh, more of that as we go on. But let's I think keep it's it moving time. here. Yeah, yeah, let's keep it moving here. Uh, uh, hold, hold on. Uh, pause for a second, because uh, Mrs. B brought me a, a, new, a new cup of coffee. Thanks, Mrs. B. <laughs> Got to stay caffeinated. Don't forget to say how hot she's looking today. I feel like he oh, does yeah. that every once in a while. <laughs> well... I mean, is he wrong? No, I'm just also saying that you know, <laughs> yeah. he throws it out there to kiss up to her because she can clearly hear him. So, Right, yeah. Hey, hey, score brownie points, man. More blue chew. You don't uh, need blue chew with that. You're not wrong. But I am serious about the coffee. Uh, now that I I've got my... Actually, co- I got it right now. Nice. Now that I've got my caffeinated beverage, we can, uh, we can move on with the show officially and uh, move on into the news and notes. One of our favorite parts of the show, uh, right after I, I might quick... actually, I might actually argue, it is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> oh, for sure. And uh, we're going to cover that right after this quick break. We'll return after these messages. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the hydration watermelon smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Now, back to our program. 
Now diving into the news and notes, Ron Simmons, Tex Slasinger, and Shanghai Pierce were all released from WCW, and one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, I mean, one of them gets naked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We've got the future Farouk. <sighs> um, just... Mid- what, Phineas I. Godwin and Henry O. Godwin. Why would you release Ron Simmons? He must have wanted out. That's that's my theory. Yeah, I think I, I, that, that's that got to be it, man. I don't know why. Yeah, because he was a former. This was 1994. Wasn't this the year he won the title? I think he won it in 92. Mm. Or 93. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't remember. He was released in 94. Wow, I didn't realize that. He took two almost two years to debut in WWE. Maybe he came back. Where the hell did he go? I don't, I don't think he I came back because he was not there at the start of Nitros. Well, that was a year later, but still. Yeah. I don't think he true. came back. Yeah. Yeah. Where the hell was he? I mean, okay. We know he wasn't in UWF, which was alive in 94. <laughs> yeah. If you want to call that alive. Um, <laughs> sorry to be so liberal with that word, but um, I don't know. I'm baffled now. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, yeah. Cause I'm looking at his uh, Wikipedia page here, as uh, my old friend uh, Santiago would say. Uh, he, went, he went to ECW for a year. Oh, that's right. He was. That was when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling. That's right. Uh, well, no, it, it was officially Extreme Championship Wrestling in 1994. Apparently, well, he was there. He was there when it was. Oh. He must have been there before, right before it changed. Because oh. I think Jimmy Snuka randomly was also an Eastern Championship Wrestling champion. So, yeah, I think he. Was I, I said it. I said it all the way out for a reason, by the way. Just. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so they did a weird cast of people there. I, and it said he unsuccessfully challenged for the world championship against Shane Douglas at November to remember, and then had matches with Mikey Whipwreck and 911. I'm sure those were barn burners. Mikey Whipwreck was really good later. Yeah. Just clearly when he's just, damn, Cane greener, and than, greener than a nice patch of grass. Man. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of want to see that match with him and Douglas now to see if it was any good. I, that and would be I'm, the one of these three to watch at this point. And, yeah. And I like Shane Douglas, but I'm trying to imagine Shane Douglas in 94 beating Ron Simmons. So you mean I, like the weird gladiator against the evil teacher? No. Gosh. Those are both it, coming soon, by the way, from this point. It appears that Ricky Steamboat's injury is not only legit, but legit enough to the degree that it might actually be career-threatening. He's out until January at the very earliest. What match is that in? I don't know. I don't know what happened to him, how he got Oh, hurt. I think I it was know. the match against Austin. He shoves him off the second rope, and he lands, like, right on his ass, but, like, at a weird angle. Ooh. I think that was the one. It was, like, a Clash of the Champions, I believe. Or it might have been, baby. I don't know. But, yeah, they're, like, getting ready for, like, a superplex or something, and Ricky's on the second rope, and I think Austin just shoves him down, or he falls or something, and he lands just, like, really awkward angle. Wow. What's the injury? I, Is his back, uh, tailbone, something like that? I, I didn't, um, I didn't see... I, I didn't see what the actual injury is. I'm pretty um, sure that's it. I yeah, I I remember watching his match with Doug or uh, with Austin at Beach Blast before it was back that, to the beach. That might have been it. That was that, that was a really good match. That might have been the match. You realize, hmm. by the way, him and Rick Rude have both gotten hurt in like really weird ways in WCW. Like he got yeah. hurt falling off the second rope. Rick Flair, I mean Rick Rude got hurt falling out of the ring, right, or off the side of this. It the, was the riser were, of the ring, right? Like yeah, because thing. Sting did a top rope, like dove over the top rope onto him, and he fell backwards. His yeah. back hit the. It was he it was similar. Fell off of the the platform, right? Because the ring was on a platform, right? His his back hit the hit the edge of the platform, kind of yeah. like kind of like when when Michael's back hit the hit the casket, right. but but worse. Yeah, it just it just didn't even look that bad. Go back and watch it. Just, yeah, I mean, so I, I get it. You know, something like that happens. It just it's weird how the worst things don't even look that bad. Like like oh, Ricky Steamboat literally fell on his ass. If this is the one I'm thinking of, 
Well, Dynamite Kid took a knee to the middle of the back when he hit the ropes, and it's just like, and it was, well, it was more like a thigh. It wasn't even a knee. Which, That's right. You know, yeah, wrestlers take that a million times. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, either way, stuff happens, and they're just not yeah, getting freak man, accident. It's crazy. Speaking of freak, right? Speaking of freak accidents here, I wasn't necessarily an accident, but something freaky that I, I wouldn't expect considering the caliber of this guy in 1994. But Jim Ross was supposed to have his contract with the WWF renewed, but there were partial problems with his football announcing schedule getting in the way, and much larger problems with the company being pissed off about his interview with the Torch. Overseer. Apparently he didn't say, I, I don't remember what he said in the torch, but I don't think it was anything like horrible. They were just mad that he talked to him and did an interview with him. So I don't know. Ross said he remembers the exact conversation where McMahon sat him down. And he's like, I have a plan for the future and you're not in him. And Ross was like, God, okay. Damn, that's rough, man. Just right there. Rip the panty right off, man. Yep. Yeah. Was, <laughs> reminds I've never me of heard the, that story. Yeah. Ross said that was one thing that really like, was like, oh, uh, okay. And after that, when when he came back, he was a little more jaded. I mean, this was obviously not the end of Jim Ross in the WWF. He would come back, obviously, and have a fantastic career. But, you know, this was a rough patch for uh, good old JR. Here's where another Jim in the news. Here's where we start falling off the cliff here, man. There's two stories involving Mr. James E. Cornette. And, oh man, this could, this is already gold. And you and I already talked about. We're not going to talk about his crap from present day, but this is newsworthy stuff from 1994. We must talk about it. So here you go. <laughs> I'm he, ready. <laughs> he talked about this story on uh, Table for Three with Eric Bischoff, kind of going back and forth with him. And was it it was was it JDL, uh, the third guy, or or no, Michael Hayes? Michael Hayes, it? I believe. Okay, there was one with JDL. I think it was JDL, Bruce Pritchard, and Eric Bischoff is the other one I'm thinking of. Uh, but this one, Jim Cornette got Ole Anderson fired since Jim was going to be bringing in Ole's son so that uh, into Smoky Mountain Wrestling, by the way, so that Ole was cutting promos for him for Smoky Mountain Wrestling in the parking lot of the training school. And Eric Bischoff just so happened to be driving by when he saw him there and he fired him the next day. Essentially, it was going to happen anyway because WCW is in a cost-cutting mode anyway, but this just gave them a solid reason. Do you remember hearing about this on the table for three? Vaguely. Yeah, Cornette was pissed off that Eric Bischoff would do such a thing, and apparently Bischoff told him, because he pulled up in, like, a sports car and kind of told him off for doing this, and he said, you're making a really bad decision with this, Oli, and Oli kind of was like, yeah, yeah, F off, Eric, whatever, and then the next day, Eric was like, well, you're fired. So, I mean, look, it's not, I, I might get some flack for saying this, but it's Oli Anderson in 1994, were they really losing a whole lot? No, who did you get flack from for that? He was garbage. Hey, some they people him, they might, replaced him with Barry Windham. They just traded up with that one. Yeah, I know. Uh, nobody has like other than Jim freaking Cornette. You know, whoop de do. Nobody has anything positive to say about Ole. Nobody. He just, he was crap. He told Ric Flair, "Now that you lost to uh, Kurt Hennig on TV, what good are you to me now?" <laughs> As if losing to Mr. Perfect was, you know, like, oh, man, you just lost to James Ellsworth on national TV. You know, what the hell do I, how am I going to make you a believable champion now? Like, Rick Flair in that era could lose to James Ellsworth and still be believable. So what the hell? Yeah. Well, that wasn't the worst Jim Cornette story, by the way. You ready for this one? <sighs> am I? This one is the shock of the century, by the way. He was arrested on September 12th 
for vandalism and destruction of personal property after smashing the car windows of a former Smoky Mountain Wrestling employee fired by Cornette on August 7th after Cornette accused him of stealing a tennis racket and then blamed him for a lot of negative publicity surrounding the promotion as of late. He stole a tennis racket. <laughs> that one, that oh my one blows God. my mind. Uh, Good Lord. Yeah. And the he guy stole a tennis racket. Well, allegedly, he stole a tennis racket. Yeah. Well, he smashed the uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling employee's car window with a baseball bat. He was later released on $5,000 bond. The employee was Casey O'Connor. He claimed that Cornette still owed him $300 in expenses that he had paid out of pocket. Then Cornette remembered that that O'Connor had borrowed a video camera from him and called, excuse me, and called looking for it. And O'Connor got pissed off at Cornette because Bruiser Bedlam was apparently allowed to stay in O'Connor's apartment with Cornette's blessing while he had been out of town. Man, if that's true, that takes a lot of balls. It's like, oh, you work for me? Well, that means I'm going to let people stay in your apartment when you're out of town. Like, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, hail to the no. Especially Bruiser Bedlam, who is, if anybody knows, doesn't know anything about him, he was a wrestler for Smoky Mountain Wrestling who was accused of, and I think he flat out admitted, being a former hitman for the mob. And he did a lot of jail time. So that's a lot of broken thumbs. <laughs> wow. So the argument quickly escalated and Cornette blew his stack. Shocker. And O'Connor said that he was keeping the video camera. So Cornette drove over to the apartment and made sure to block O'Connor's car in so that he couldn't escape the parking lot. And then he got into a shouting match that ended with Cornette threatening to go get his baseball bat and smash up the window if he didn't get the camera back. O'Connor wisely called the police while Cornette was in the act, and Jim ran away to, and got out of town before turning himself in the next morning. Ugh. Lots to unpack there. I just, <laughs> this seems so out of character for Jim. I can't believe it. I, I, I just, <laughs> my favorite part is the stolen tennis racket. Like, dude, you stole his gimmick. What are you doing? Now, how dare That's you? That's a no-no. <laughs> you take, you take a, a big, expensive professional camera. Hell no. You steal from the company. That that's bad, but God dang, you take his tennis racket, you're going to hell. I don't think he believes in hell, right? He's an atheist, so that's true. <laughs> mm. Just so much weird crap with this story. I don't I like. Obviously, Jim didn't spend that much time in jail, but just wow. Ah, <sighs> all right. This one is the one I've been waiting for a while to talk to you about. Man, as soon as I copied, I was laughing while I copied these stories down. Quote unquote stories. Because I wanted your take. You're a big UFC mark, right? Kind of. Okay. Well, the, keep in mind, this is from UFC in 1994. So, you know, you weren't, like, deep into the product at that time. But, I think I watched the answer. I watched it until 2000. Okay. Well, here's some editorials from The Dirts. <laughs> oh, man. Uncle Dave Meltzer, during this time, questioned the legitimacy of UFC and didn't believe it was truly a shoot. He also said that they had no TV and no real stars, so it was not likely to succeed. Wade Keller, uh, in the 17th, September 17th issue of the Pro Wrestling Torch, pub published a, quote, expose on the fakeness of UFC, citing slow-motion replays of punches that, quote, missed just enough to still look good. Apparently, Wade's sources, quote, sources, also claim that the prelim fights are real, but they're huge mismatches set up because promoters know, quote, who can beat who. Yeah. Uh, um, where do you want to start, Greg? <laughs> well, first with Dave Meltzer, because he's a huge fan now. So what changed? Uh, maybe he got in good with the Fertitas and uh, Dana White. I don't know. I, I just, 
He said it was fake. Him and, and Wade Keller are calling it a work. You go back and watch any of this stuff. They're literally like punching each other in the nuts. This is when that was still legal. <laughs> wow. Uh, there's, there's footage of guys being taken out on the, uh, cause this one, it was like a freak show. We gave like a 500 pound dude against a 110 pound guy. And you can oh, see guys taking, me, but yeah, <laughs> you can see, you can see guys taking away in ambulances and stretchers. For some reason, they showed that back then. You can go watch it on old shows. Like you can see wow. them. Like this was when, this was the night when they had like one night tournaments. Tournaments, yeah. bro. And bro. obviously, obviously they have to fight multiple times if they won. But then there was like so many times where they had to pull someone out because they were an alternate because yeah. someone was hurt. <sighs> what are they trying to do? Like make this like wrestling? Is this why I Keller so. sometimes said it was, competition at WWE? E, probably. I don't know, man. This just I, I don't know what to do with any of that. They this, said it, it just blew my like, mind. This sounds more like Dave Meltzer can try to bull crap, of course. Yeah. Well, Wade Keller sitting here going, oh, well, in the slow motion replays, you can clearly see that the punches are missing. Like, what? I just, <sighs> like, it sounds to me like they sat there and tried to overanalyze this crap. You don't say. You, you've got to be effing kidding me. I just, it's it's like complete garbage and completely stupid. And to your point, they were so many times they were so injured they had to be taken out of the damn tournament in, during the night. I mean, you could say, oh well, that was a work. You know, they they wanted the other guy to go well, in there, but no. Then, then why the hell did um like why do they so many times like John McCain fight to have it banned and stuff like all that because it was a work. Yep. And why do they stuff. need regulation from? Why do they like need regulation from athletic commissions? Why do they need to pay all the taxes for being a sport? Because they were trying to recreate the old days of pro wrestling. And why the hell are we real? Why did one, only one state allow it for the first two years? Uh, I don't know. Well, not not to all crap on it, but we're going to just say it. Alabama allowed it. What does that tell you? But anyways. Alabama. <laughs> Wait, you mean to tell me that UFC was only legal in Alabama for the longest time? Yeah. Wow. That yeah. I was today years old when I found that out. Wow. Okay. Well, you're getting a little heavy with the uh, with some of the UFC stuff, but let's cover all of it here, man. There's more. Uh, speaking of that company, UFC 3 was supposed to be another easy win for Hoist Gracie, but Steve Jenham, I think that's how you pronounce his name, uh, but Steve Jenham was put into the finals as a last-minute substitute for the injured Hoist and won the tournament. The tournament, bro. Hoist Gracie was gone forever, bro. Never seen again. But <laughs> not hey, really, well, you see UFC 60 against Matt Hughes where he got tapped out. Come on, yeah. we see him again? Made well, Ken, Sham Ken Shamrock won a pair of matches, but then bowed out of the finals, also due to injury. Chemo was by far the most memorable contestant, and more importantly, put such a beating on Gracie that he was knocked out of the tournament. <laughs> the show was actually in some jeopardy, with Request TV threatening to pull it at the last minute, and various media outlets characterizing it as, quote, human cockfighting. Like that, was coined, that was the term coined by John McCain. Yeah. What this event really showed was that after two pay-per-views where strikers and boxers were completely dominated by ground fighters, the game is evolving already, with strikers now mixing in wrestling and jujitsu to achieve success against guys like Gracie. However, the format and product are so brutal that it's inevitable that someone is going to be seriously injured. Like you alluded to. I can't imagine in today's UFC somebody fighting twice in one night. They tried it in Bellator a couple of years ago. It was King Mo. I believe he won his fight and then ended up having to pull out because he got hurt in the first fight. I believe it was him. So, yeah, they tried to bring that back. Well, Bellator did. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a stupid idea. 
many of these are stupid ideas. I mean, also, the fact that even like when you get very little damage, you get medically suspended for 30 days tells you right yeah. there you should not be fighting twice even if you don't get hit. Right. Well, the thing I was thinking of with this is I pulled out the editorial about this, but I, I, I don't know if this is true. You know more about the history and whatever. But supposedly, Hoist Gracie was like, you know, one of the top dogs calling shots in UFC back then. Is that true? I heard, I heard it was true. I don't know if it is, but okay. apparently well, he got to suppose- pick his opponents, and he only picked the huge guys because he knew he could beat the hell out of them easily because they couldn't move. Yeah, Which yeah. I guess makes saying, sense. Um, yeah, because what I was reading was that Hoist was handpicking his opponents of people that was like, oh, I can beat their ass. And when he didn't get to pick his opponents, he got paired up with people like, like you just mentioned, Matt Hughes, who dominated and embarrassed him. I think Shamrock would have beat him, too, if his foot didn't get caught in the stupid gi. Yeah. Watch that fight. His foot got caught in the gi. He probably would have had him. I don't think he should have been allowed to wear a gi. But. Well, that was, his, that was his major complaint when he came back to the Fertitas run. UFC was that they were like, no gi, you have to wear shorts or trunks or whatever. And he got like very pissed about it and said it was unfair. Like, no, it's like, it's what all fighters wear. It prevents people getting caught in your clothing. Like, for God's sake. <sighs> but yeah, all right. La- he, he never, he never got over that. I mean, he never moved past the old year. He didn't want to evolve the old stuff. And that's no, what cost yeah. him. Yeah, he kept complaining that it wasn't strictly like jujitsu and karate and crap. So. Yeah, but that's fun. Is, yeah, like, I don't know. Well, they did say, I mean, do any of the karate fighters actually win any, like the pure karate guys, do they actually win anything in UFC anymore? I mean, Leo Machida had a little success, but not really. Well, wasn't he a little bit of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well? Well, I mean, they all are nowadays. Like, that's almost a like given, but he was a karate guy. Oh, I mean, okay. Watching the UFC, yeah. every time someone comes out, oh, he's high-level jiu-jitsu. Like, yeah, okay, we get it. They all do. <laughs> it's like they're all the pound for pound best, Joe. We get it. Wow. Yeah, that was the thing with Dave Meltzer and like Dave Meltzer and uh, Eric Bischoff got into a disagreement about that because Meltzer said, well, Meltzer said that karate guys don't amount to much in UFC and they kind of, you know, get their asses kicked more than anybody else. And Bischoff vehemently disagreed because he said mm-hmm. he's a karate guy. Proof's in the pudding, dude. Uncle Dave's actually right on this one. Yeah. Karate doesn't do jack. Right. I mean, hey, you, know, you or me with karate, fine, but not a trained fighter. You're going to get your ass beat every time. <laughs> well, yeah. If it's karate versus karate, that's fine. But but this no, is the last story but... of... It is. Last story of the news segment here. Herb Abrams would only run three more shows after his Sports Channel America deal expired in late 1991. This included a television taping in June of 1992, a television taping in July of 1993, and then the Blackjack Brawl in September of 1994. The latter show was a disaster in both attendance and critical reception. We will get to that. Abrams left for New York City to care for his ailing mother in December of 1994, and wrestler Al Burke was put in charge of the promotion. A February 1996 card called St. Valentine's Day Massacre was scheduled to be broadcast live from Grand Olympic Auditorium on Prime Sports Network, but was canceled. Zoog's Rift, working for the company during this time, or was working for the company during this time, and claimed that Abrams' cocaine addiction drained the company of money needed to produce such events. Abrams died of a cocaine-related heart attack in July of 1996 while still in New York. So there you go. If you watch the special, by the way, some people claim he might still be alive and fake his death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he Like Andy Kaufman or something. Yeah. This was just... He was, he was a nut, man. And there was a thing saying that... Uh, 
I mean, if you go back and listen to interviews, and the thing is, like, people will be like, oh, Herb, Herb, he never, he never paid me, and he was, he was kind of a, a nut, but <laughs> such a good guy. You know, like, nobody talks crap on the dude. I mean, they say the truth. Have you noticed that? I did, yeah. It's, uh, it's weird. The, the guy was Sunny Beach, I believe. It was, like, breaking up, or breaking down in the middle of that, and he's like, yeah, he loved her. Yeah, he loved her, Abrams. And even Honky Tonk Man was talking about that because he did a short stint here. And he said, uh, supposedly, there was one bank account that Herb paid people like Andre the Giant and Bruno San Martino out of. And then another bank account that he paid everybody else out of. And that bank account had no money in it, so the checks would bounce. And which one did he pay his hookers with? Probably that second one. <laughs> also, anyone hears that? I'm not joking. He literally paid hookers with checks. Watch the special. <laughs> what hooker worth their salt is going to take a check? They're freaking hookers. They don't take anything. Uh, I don't know if you mean that as an innuendo, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but all right, that, uh, that does it for the news. Let's get into the actual event at hand here after this yeah, short. We'll call this an event. <laughs> right after this short brisake. We'll return after these messages. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet... Hitting the gym. Avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our 4th of July special. The new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Plus free premium delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Now, back to our program. All right, time to dive into UWF Blackjack Brawl 1994. Took place September 23rd, 1994. Sorry. <laughs> from the MGM Grand Garden Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. I am not doing anything else, by the way. I'm like, really like, just, oh, Lord, here we go. Yeah. Well, the total attendance for this was uh, 600 people. Yeah, at the MGM Grand, by the way. Do the math yes. on that. Do you know how many how many <laughs> people can fit into the MGM Grand? Hundred thousand? Uh it's it's no, it's it's sixteen thousand eight hundred. Sixteen thousand eight hundred. They sold six hundred tickets. Sold? I mean it's in Vegas. There's a very good chance some of those were comped. Mm, I, they probably would have done better if they comped tickets, but I, I think these ones were legit buys. But That's a yeah. that's like that's like how many people were there? 600. That's 600 drunk so, idiots with too much money on their hands. So that means they had 16,200 empty seats. And don't worry, folks. If you watch the actual event, I don't recommend it. But if you want to have fun, you will see all those empty seats. Because they yeah, do not hide them. Yep. Especially during one particular match, which we'll get to. <sighs> yes. Oh, for sure we will. Well, we start off with Herb Abrams doing his best, best Vince McMahon impression over the the opening promo. <laughs> we also cool to listen to. I know, Mister Electricity. We also get a press conference with the, or we see a press conference with uh, the least charismatic wrestlers in history. Brian Blair apparently was setting himself up for wrestling retirement, where he was going to become a rapper. Because if you listen to his his thing that he said, it just it was all rhyming. Okay, I mean, let's. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not gonna I'd buy his album. Yeah, um, but you, you rush to Best Buy and be the first one line to get it. <laughs> People uh, may we, not get that reference. It's it's something Zack Ryder did when the Macho Man CD came out. He said he rushed to Best Buy to get it because it was going to be sell, sold out right away. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, it's a real story. <laughs> Ludwig Borga not only looks like a uh, dollar store Brock Lesnar, but he also cuts a promo like him as well. He's like sitting there, his sunglasses on, kind of leaning over the table, holding the microphone like I don't give a crap, and like looking over at everybody talking junk, like you know. So whatever. Uh, for some reason, Dan Spivey attacks Herb Abrams during the press conference. I didn't care enough to figure out why. Herb's voiceover then introduces Herb Abrams. <laughs> that was the funniest part. Well, I want to Abrams... point out real quick, one of the first notes I made is you can actually hear the commentary over like this whole package. They were talking, oh yeah, this is going to be an awesome night. <laughs> Throughout the package, going like opening the show. Holy hell, I didn't catch that part, thank <laughs> God. Well, I, I just love how Herb's voice says, and now, Mr. Electricity, Herb Abrams. It's like, Wait, that was, I, I heard that. I that just didn't piece that together. Yeah, wow. he introduced himself with oh, a voiceover. Oh. That sounds like the worst podcast intro ever. Uh, standing in the ring, he looks like he's about to explode from a heart attack, by the way. And I was going to say, you can already see the coke sweating off his forehead throughout <laughs> this. I think he was very drunk this night. <laughs> if I could be wrong. <laughs> Herb introduces Black Jack Mulligan, the grandfather of I... the fiend Bray Wyatt. I was about an hour into this when I realized how much sense it made to have Blackjack pulling in at the Blackjack Brawl, by the way. I'm not joking. I didn't realize that until after. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, that makes sense. He's wearing a leather cowboy vest, by the way, that he had airbrushed. On one side, it's Dr. Death Steve Williams' head. On the other side, it's Sid Vicious's head. He's there in the main event. So he got a custom vest for this show. Gosh. But anyway, Blackjack hypes the main event in a very, into a very weak microphone, by the way. You barely hear him. It's good. Well, you probably oh, it was a good one. Her has got spit all inside of it and coke juice. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Color commentator John Tolis then says that if it's not the UWF, it's not wrestling. And he gets very <laughs> he gets very angry and animated about this, by the way. He then makes a fairly racist joke about Italians never paying. <sighs> there's this more to guy, come on that. There's there's a lot of this guy sucks, man. I know, yeah, I mean, just... going, stating the obvious, but like, man, all night, I got like so many notes on his, or not so many, but quite a few notes on commentary stuff that they do. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I had to look him up, because I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Apparently he was, I mean, they make they make you known that his nickname was the Golden Greek, which, original, you know, yeah, like 5,000 people have that. Italians hate each other? Maybe, I'm not trying to make an I... excuse for racism here, but trying to find a reason he would say something like that? I I don't know. I I, I, I don't know. Oh. But, and he was Canadian. Okay, I'm, Greek. I'm really confused because those are really nice people. So I don't know. I don't get it. Well, uh, say that to Bret Hart. <laughs> hey, when I went um, to Canada, I, I experienced it. They were all super nice. I didn't want to leave. Yeah. Well, he was uh, he was in a longtime rivalry with classy Freddie Blassie in his wrestling days. So that kind of tells you how old this guy is. He's, I got uh, a tell for you coming. Sorry. Wow. He, I don't want to speak too badly about him, but I mean, like, come on. He he died back in 09 at the age of 78 of kidney failure. So, look, we're not talking about him as a person. We're talking about his commentary, blah, blah, blah. Getting that out of the way right now, because we're going to trash this guy. No, we'll uh, say with Herb Abrams, but... Yeah. Well, the ring announcer is also absolutely horrible. Basically, begging... You know, it's on him, too. <laughs> yep. He's basically begging this very tiny crowd to make noise and talking throughout every entrance. He says things uh, like, yeah. he says things like, look at this guy and wait till you see what this guy can do as they're coming down the aisle. Uh, 
my first note on him was uh, I, I, it was either Johnny Ace or Dance by Which one was the face? Johnny Ace? Uh, yeah. We're getting to that match. But it, not to jump ahead, but in, in the intro for Johnny Ace, he goes, come on, folks, you could do better than that. Clearly acknowledging <laughs> that they're a plow, very mute. <laughs> yeah. It's, like I said, he's begging people to cheer and boo and whatever. It's sad. But we're almost 10 minutes into the show, and Herb Abrams has already been heard on or seen on all 10 of those minutes. Like, he loved being on camera. Yeah, you thought Brandy Rose was overexposed. Good lord. I know. There's a story Mick Foley told about this show where he knew it was going to bomb the minute when Herb Abrams comes in. It's like, I have something great to show you. It's gonna, it's really going to be a huge thing <laughs> for the show. That was the first thing I remember from watch, rewatching that last night. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he said, oh, it's, 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 it's going to be big for the Blackjack Brawl. And he's like, all right, cool. Let me see. And he brings it in. It was like a bag or something like that. And he's mm-hmm. like, or a, I can't even remember. And he, he opens it up. He's like, check this out. And it's brand new custom yellow cowboy boots with UWF branded on them. And like Mick Foley thought it was a joke. He's like, oh, like this isn't it, is it? He's like, oh, this is going to be great cactus. People are going to love it. And he's like, custom cowboy boots. I literally would not have noticed them unless I watched that special first. Yeah, so. me neither. I, they don't show his feet on camera except like once or twice. Yeah, that's when the camera's pulling away and there's a scrum in the ring or something. Yeah, I, it's pathetic. Uh, speaking of pathetic, let's get to this opening match. It's Dangerous Dan oh, Spivey. Don't, don't be so liberal. <laughs> it gets worse. Dangerous Dan Spivey taking on Johnny Ace with Missy Hyatt in his corner. It's for the UWF America's Championship. Keep in mind, there's only two matches on this whole card that aren't for titles. This went for 7 minutes, 20 seconds. Spivey versus Ace. I had to put this note first. I said, Spivey versus Ace looks like toast versus bl- butter toast. Bland versus extra bland. <laughs> dude, that's Waylon Mercy and, and the brother of Animal, dude. You shut your mouth. Oh, God, yeah. We, <laughs> we got the other skyscraper and the other Laurenitis. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. <laughs> Uh, however, I will say that mullet on Johnny Ace is extra bodacious. Hell yes, dude. There's quite a few mullets in this one, too. Full also, form. Before we, before we even get into it, because I don't want to say this a million times, did you notice that every, almost every single person on this was a, like, a beach-looking white guy with, like, bleached blonde hair? Yep. Even Dan Spivey had his old blonde hair. I mean, he was losing it, but it was there. And also, there is not one black wrestler in this whole show, I don't think. I didn't think about that until now, but you might I, be right. I point that out because I'm like, wow, you know, like this is a time where there weren't a lot of black stars. I think they'd probably be okay staying away from this garbage. Yeah, just, right. I they just, couldn't even was, get. <laughs> you mean to tell me they couldn't even pull Junkyard Dog in '94? Like, come on. He I had think to he was already. Cheap. I think he was already like really out of shape and just yeah, because yeah, because I mean, like, I mean, severely this. out. Of, I mean, severely out. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you were going. Yeah. Uh, and Kamala but, was the only other one I could think of, and he was in WWE at this time. So, Yeah. Uh, Spidey locks in a tight abdominal stretch, and Missy Hyatt throws in the towel for Ace. Ace gets angry and chases Hyatt to the back. So Missy Hyatt turned on Johnny Ace, I guess. I, I, I didn't care. Uh, Uncle Dave did not watch the show, God bless his heart, but I got my yes, rate- huh? <laughs> I know, right? Well, it wasn't in the Tokyo Dome. It was just in the MGM Grand. I did get match ratings from 411 Mania. They gave this one star. I gave it two for below average. It wasn't, like, god-awful, but it wasn't good. What say you? 
I gave it one. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> yeah, it um, it was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty bad. One of my first things in this, this, you know, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's after the match, but it ties in with this. You know, the announcer's already been racist. How about some sexism here? Did you hear, catch what he said? Yep, I got my notes here. After the match, <laughs> Spivey grabs Herb Abrams and drags him into the ring. Blackjack Mulligan has to break it up, and Spivey takes off with the with the uh, title belt and Missy Hyatt. John Tolis then goes from racist remarks to sexist remarks, saying, quote, you can never trust a woman, especially such a such a beauty as Missy Hyatt. Well, the part that I caught was, from the first time in history to now, women have double-crossed men left and right. <laughs> my God, I didn't catch that one. But I did catch that you can never trust a woman. I've, I've always said you can't trust a woman. Like, if you were married, John, I'm sure your wife was a lucky gal. I'm not trying to be funny here. Maybe he was gay. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm saying like maybe that's just he doesn't like women. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. I swear. Maybe that was my hate some. I don't know. I don't know. From the beginning of time. I mean, that tells me he clearly doesn't like women at all. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Whatever. I don't give a damn. But. I'm just trying to figure he out why he would say this. <laughs> yeah. Surprised he didn't go on a rant about getting cooties. So good board. Uh, next. Real quick, before you even go, because it's in the same context of this, they're promoting the next match. Did you know he, you notice he called Mondo Guerrero Mondo Guerrero? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, but, okay, you know, it's okay, maybe he called a mistake, but then the announcer, the other announcer clearly corrects him. Mondo Guerrero, he says. <laughs> good lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the first of many mispronounced names on the show we'll get to. But well, that one it, just made me mad because I love the Guerreros, obviously. So, like, and also their legendary family. You know, it's not like never heard of guy out of Mexico. Yeah, it's and not they like clearly this... know who he is because, like, oh man, his whole family is wrestlers. So, okay, okay, they clearly know. So this guy I just assume, needs yes. You don't say. <laughs> but up next, Obvious we have statement of the podcast. <laughs> up next, we have the Guerrero. It's Mondo. Taking on Wild Man Jack Armstrong, who I've never seen or heard of ever. Or again. Um, and if he's <laughs> passed away, I did not mean like that. I just meant in wrestling. Um, yeah. Did you notice the announcer, by the way, when, when he was when Jack Armstrong was coming out? Here comes Jack Armstrong. Jack Armstrong, folks. He's a mean one. <laughs> My I God. Why. I don't know why that made me chuckle so hard. <laughs> he's a mean one, That's, folks. That announcer sucks so bad. This match also, is I, I want to point out, we're talking about the ring announcer, not the commentary. The ring announcer. Yes. It's yep. important that we preface that. He's over the house speakers, people. So, yeah. <laughs> but this is for the UWF Junior Heavyweight Championship. It lasted 4 minutes, 36 seconds. These guys look like they should have been wrestling for the UWF Geriatric title. <laughs> Holy crap. I, just seriously. I'm not going to be able to do anything today without busting a rib now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> the the play-by-play -play guys sets John Tolis up for more racist remarks about Hispanics. Uh, Mondo yeah. does. Mondo does. nowhere to be seen, by the way, to endorse this crap. Nope. That's the wrong UWF. <laughs> Mondo does an Asai moonsault to Armstrong, and John Tolis says that he's never seen a move like that before, which, now that I know he used to wrestle with Freddie Blassie, I can buy that. But unfortunately, during the moonsault, Armstrong fell backwards and busted his head on the safety railing, <sighs> busted himself open. Uh, Mondo misses a top rope moonsault, which Tolis calls a reverse somersault. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so bad. Armstrong then follows it up with two, I say, I put in quotations, jumping elbow drops for the pinfall win. 
I say jumping because he got up like an inch and came down. It was sad. 411 Mania gave it one and a half stars. I thought it was a decent, fun watch for four and a half minutes. I said two and a half for average. What say you? Two and a half. Maybe two. You know my rule about not wanting to give matches zeros. (laughs) I'm going to go for one. Uh, Well, Herb Abrams prevents, I wish he prevented this, but he presented the title, and Armstrong cuts a really weird promo, finishing up by saying, I'm a thinker, not a stinker. Like, what? <laughs> I God. Got, I got two notes I want to say about this match. First of all, the first thing I noticed is it looked like they were both just waiting for the other dude to do their move. Like, okay, you do yours, I'll do mine, whatever, boom, boom, boom. That's what it felt like to me. Like, there was so much time where they were just sitting there waiting for something to happen from the other guy. Did you catch that? Uh, I didn't notice. I just thought it was a slow motion match. <laughs> and then the other thing I had to point out, this one... <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> there were two, the guy's like, oh, this is a great opening match. Well, they like, well, this is the second match, dude. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Johnny Ace and Dance Party. <laughs> My gosh. Like, it's it was... so bad. They forgot they were already matched in. <laughs> <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> you can't make this crap up. <laughs> and why would you? Yeah, before uh... we started this podcast, I really thought about telling the listeners that, you know, Troy Adams owes me three hours of life for this. <laughs> but. I actually had fun watching it. It was like fun reviewing it, but yeah, it, it was. It's fun because it's like so bad. It's like so comedically bad. It's it's good. I, well, it's not good, but it's comedically bad. So it's like watching a comedy. Oh, I feel show. Yeah, no, it is comedically bad. That is good. I mean, yeah, it's, I did. It. It's on YouTube. Go watch it. Yes, in full. We and if you're we, drinking while doing it, I will not judge you. <laughs> no, if you're doing crack cocaine while watching it, I will not judge you. You may need you may you may legit, legitimately need pot to watch this though. I really believe that yeah. you need to be stoned or something. Or something needs to be controlling your mind to watch this. But uh, go on. Up, sorry. up next, we get the aforementioned Sunny Beach. He's taking on Doctor Feelgood with Missy Hyatt in his corner because she just turned heel two matches ago and now she's full blown, even with a matching doctor's outfit. First yeah. of all, Doctor Feelgood. I just I just I have a feeling he's Herb Abrams' friend. You probably Doctor Feelgood. Come on, that just yeah. sounds like a coke killer, but whatever. Also, they were using licensed music during this show. I don't know if you yeah, noticed that. I did because um, my favorite one was I believe it was John Ace came out to Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. Oh yeah, yeah, he came out to that. I Which can't remember. It was cool, but like it's one of those songs that takes a minute to kick in. So like by the time yeah. it kicked in, the match was starting. Wait, was it's it like him the... or Cactus Jack? No, it Cactus ca- came out to. Uh, oh, I know what his was, but I forget what his was. Money for Nothing was definitely uh, Johnny's. Because oh, I had to yeah. crank up the TV. I'm like, is that Money for Nothing? Oh, it is. And then, like, <laughs> it's like Enter Sandman, though. It's like, this song yeah. is like, kicking for like a minute. Right. I wonder if he had the censored version or if he had the one with uh, the gay slurs. There was no censored version back then, I don't believe. I don't think they censored it until like 1999, actually. Oh, wow. Well, how about I that? I think that's how it's, yeah. Well, I feel like the reason I brought that up is I feel this was a missed opportunity. Because how did Dr. Feelgood not come out to Motley Crue? I know. I just, like, what? What the? Wait, what? What the hell? Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> also, we get another book. <laughs> I don't know. That should have been a nickname, not like his just his government name. I don't know. What is a nickname? It's what Herb Abram calls him when he gets his coat. He called Dr. Feelgood. Good Lord. But we get another bodacious blonde mullet in this match from Sunny Beach. Which, with a name like that, like, you better have one. But I feel like the name Sunny Beach is, like, ironic. Because if you look it at is. him, he's not exactly a, 
a surfer looking dude or like a beach bum. He ripped a little bit more. Um, he should look like he doesn't live on a steady diet of Krispy Kreme, at least. <laughs> I I'll... And he's, his skin tone should look like he's getting ready to headline Starcade. Yeah, not like, you know, he might be related to Seamus. I don't know. Dr. Feelgood's mullet, however, is horrible. He, like, shaved his head to where it's just, like, real <laughs> short. <laughs> and then long, curly hair in the back. But he seems awfully proud of it. So, well, you're going to do that purposely. You better be proud of it. <laughs> this this is like, um, I only have five teeth and ride in the back of Daddy's pickup truck kind of mullet. Good like, lord. I don't know. Partly well, through the match... You said that. Through the match, Beach is draped over the middle rope, and Hyatt clocks him with her high heel. Oddly, that's not a, that is not the finish. Doctor Feelgood pours what's supposed to be either supposed to be ether, I guess, even though it's black, into a rag, and he goes to put it in Beach's face. But Beach see, sees it coming and shoves it in Doctor Feelgood's face and pins him because apparently that's legal. And the referee just lets it go and counts. Uh, I forgot to mention this went for five, just under five and a half minutes, and it was for the UWF Sports Channel Television Championship, which is that... Earth's mouthful. Yeah. That was the fancy one that they show on the documentary, though. Yeah, the, guy, the said, strap. the guy said it's his prize possession, right? And he said if you hold it a certain way, it's saying F you to Vince McMahon, right? Yeah, if you, um, because the, the side plates aren't actually plate, like, it's actually like a U, an W, and an F. So when you fold it, it says it, you just see the F on one side and the U on the other side. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it is a cool-looking belt. And I didn't see Can one ugly... Check? Wow. I didn't see one ugly-looking title on this whole show. I'll say that. The, they, that was the prettiest part of this whole show. And that's where it stops. <laughs> but, yeah. 411 Mania gave this one star. I gave it one and a half. I don't know. I'm being generous. What say you? One freaking star. <clears throat> also... Just want to point out, this is probably not the first time that Dr. Feelgood's inhaled something like that. Anyways. Thank <laughs> God. Uh, he, I like how when he's done, he like flips his mullet like, you know, a, like a beautiful woman flipping their hair over their shoulder. Well, hell he's, yeah. This is a match to be proud of. He should have grabbed the mic and been like, follow that. And then went to the back. And then we get the next match, which does. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, after the match, Missy argues with the referee and Beach grabs her doctor's coat. Uh, Dr. Feelgood grabs the ether rag and shoves it into Beach's face, dropping him. Herb Abrams and Blackjack Mulligan come out to tell Dr. Feelgood and Missy to leave. <sighs> we then get a commercial with some jabronis pimping UWF t-shirts like in a parking lot. And then Sid Vicious comes in to act confused and needs help finding his way to the Act's. arena. Yeah, he was trying to find his way to the arena. And then he decides, well, while I'm here, I'll help you guys sell some t-shirts, too. They played this commercial like 20 times throughout the night, uh, by the way. Yeah. Let's, let me just make a note I made because I only I saw the second one. I believe it's probably the same one. Did you <clears throat> excuse me? Did you realize that Sid said a shirt of Sid is like an autographed baseball of Nolan Ryan? What the hell? <laughs> he said that. <laughs> what? <laughs> My gosh, I've heard of hyperbole, but holy crap. <laughs> uh. Dude, I, I had to rewind it and hear it again. And I'm like, did you just say that? And he did. <laughs> I've got to ask, is Nolan, that, that bar that we went into in New York has Foley's, right? Yeah. Uh, did they, do you know, they have a, I'm mean, sure they do, but they yeah. have a baseball signed by Nolan Ryan? Hell yeah, I took a picture of it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I kind of figured, I just figured it out, but what the F? They don't dude, have a shirt of Sid there, though, but, you know. Yeah, so that's meaningless. Their entire collection is meaningless. They should have gotten this UWF shirt of Sid Vicious. Damn it. Oh, man. 
This was brutal, much like everything else on the show. This commercial clearly was done in one shot. Like, please just do it right. <laughs> we only got enough film for 30 seconds. <laughs> We're live, pal. <laughs> wow, well, I missed that one. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, we get yet another in-ring promo from Herb Abrams and Black Jack freaking Mulligan talking about how amazing the UWF is and pumping up the main event of Sid Vicious versus Dr. Death, Sid, or Steve Williams. Mm. I Like, okay, I don't hate Dr. Death. He's okay in the right circumstances. I'm not a huge fan of his. All right, I might tune in to see I, one of his matches. I've always thought he was one of the most overrated wrestlers I've ever seen, but that's just me. Well, don't say that's somebody from Oklahoma, but... Boomer Sid. He's no, now, like, it's, he's, now it's Jake Hager, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I've never been a huge fan of his, but if he's wrestling the right guy, I'll be like, okay, cool. I might get interested. But I've always been a Sid Vicious fan, but this match, I just, I didn't care at all. But we'll get to that. Well, don't jump ahead, because there's still some gold to go. Well, hell yeah. Speaking of gold, That's we got Cowboy. Well, hell yeah. Speaking of gold, we got Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. He's defending. <laughs> In 1994, the U- folks. <laughs> yeah. He is defending the UWF Southern States Championship against Finland Hellraiser Thor, which is, uh, what did I, crap, I'm blanking on his name now. Oh, and WWE was Ludwig Borga. Yeah, Ludwig Borga. Oh my gosh. Dollar yeah. Store Brock, that's probably going to be the quote of the pot, I think. Yeah. Maybe, there's still a couple to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he I did, now they look at him, he did. <laughs> yeah, he looked like him at a press conference. <laughs> This match went for 6 minutes, 12 seconds. You might crap all over me for this, but I, I'm sorry. But this is honestly the first match that I actually got into all night, like at the beginning. Because they did start off hot. Like they ended Yeah, up brawl- I definitely will crap on you for that. Well, they started off brawling, and it was like... I, I when, a ma- when a match starts off hot like that, I, I get into it. Because uh, Borga, or Thor, or whatever the hell you want to call him. Finland Thor. Hellraiser Thor. What the hell ever. The stupidest name of all time. But his brawling was, it was okay. Bob Orton's a legend. But they end up brawling all over ringside until the match just gets thrown out. Bob Orton's bleeding out of the side of his head. While they're still brawling, the moronic ring announcer is trying to lead the crowd in cheers. (laughs) They're brawling all over the place. Probably the most enjoyable part of the match for me is that crap. Well, they're like, Orton's bleeding. They're beating the hell out of each other all over ringside. And the ring announcer is, come on, people, let's hear for these guys. Yeah, let's get some cheers going. Like, what the F? Let's get some cheers going. That's acknowledging that nobody's cheering this crap. I mean, I don't know if he said exactly (laughs) that, but it's not far off. 411 Mania gave it one star. I gave it two. What say you? Lord, man, this is easily one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is probably the most easy one I've given all night. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, well, after the match, Blackjack Mulligan interviews Bob Orton, and he tries to cut a promo on American Pride. Eh. With that raspy voice. Yeah. Well, they had to get they had to see who was the most honky between Mulligan and Orton. And I don't know who won, to be honest with you, but that... that the fans, we all won. Well, hell yeah. I would say with that airbrushed jacket of Mulligan's, I'd say he probably won. The <laughs> The next match is the match of the night, man. It's the Karate Kid versus Little Tokyo. <laughs> Good for the, grief. For the, and this is the name of the title. It is the UWF Midget World Championship. It goes for seven and a half minutes. Little Tokyo wins the match with a body press into a pin. I didn't take any other notes other than that. After the win, 
He's handed the smallest championship in history. I thought the AEW the AEW women's title was small, but my God, that looks like the big gold compared to this. And he tries to talk into the mic and to Herb Abrams, but he seems to not be very good at English, so it comes off really awkward. And like yeah. he's confused as to where he even is. 411 Mania actually gave it two and a half stars. I gave it an even two. Because for a little person match, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't a good match. What say you? I'm trying to figure out if you and I are watching the same match. My first note on this, well, my only note, really. This was literally was nothing, well, literally nothing but rest holds. I counted seven freaking rest holds in this match. <laughs> they grappled. In a they, minis match. Dude, that's all they did. I mean, <laughs> yeah, man, I wanted I, I wanted to know. have fun watching this. Okay, I, I did because, good lord, I don't want to take heat for this, but sometimes their matches can be fun to watch. I mean, you know, yeah. And well, we've discussed them. this, and we've discussed this in the past pod too. In certain countries, Mexico being one of them, I believe this is like not a sideshow or whatever. This is actual legit stuff they like. They love watching. Oh yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll watch it. it. I'll, I'll try. To, yeah. I'll try to have fun. I yeah. couldn't. It was just so boring. It was just. Yeah, man, I, I will say, kudos to them for trying to make the you know the uh, the, the uh, minis not a joke, because I mean they presented this like any other match on the card, which I thought was cool. They didn't. Oh, now here come the midgets, folks! <laughs> and wow. Then, and then they blow the the you know the the freaking confetti cannons and and have them running around the ring and do a stupid spot with a referee or something. So, I mean, kudos to them, but eh, it was boring. I don't know. I just, like I said, I couldn't even get into it if I wanted yeah. to. The video messes up during Sid's promo, so I didn't catch what the hell he was even saying. Oh, no. Yeah, well, well, because he did his typical, like, he grits his teeth and he talks like this into the mic. And it's like, when the when the video's messing up, that's, you know, that's yeah. not, not going to translate it well. It takes six takes. Yeah. Hold on, let's do that one again. We're live, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get in it again. Sorry. This next one, man. Mother of <laughs> God. <sighs> um so it was uh this one for all of you, there was a DVD of this show. I just putting that out there, letting it letting it sit. There was a DVD I think, of this I know, show. Well, I think the DVD itself sat in a couple of dollar stores in its day. Oh yeah, that's a that's a safe bet. But on the DVD, I, I found this out because four one one mania, whoever was reviewing it, bought the DVD to watch it for them. Oh man, they must have expendable money. Yeah, right, well they could write it off as a business expense expense. Uh, but this match and the next match were not on the DVD for some reason. And and the next match after this is a title match, man. So how dare they leave it off? Yeah, so they didn't get to rate <laughs> these ones, so it's only my ratings for this. This match, though, it was a revenge match that went for 4 minutes, 13 seconds between Samson and Irish Assassin. And, and I gotta point out that Samson looked just like Randy the Ram Robinson. Anyone, did you catch that? I did not catch that, but a little bit, yeah. Uh, in, in less expensive gear, I'll say that. <laughs> and the Irish Assassin, now nah, he put the double ass in Assassin, that's for sure. <laughs> wow. I said, if nothing else, this match is filled with lots of beef. These two men looked like Brockus versus Brockus. It's just horrible. And I said, that's literally all I can say about this match. Samson wins with a bridging vertical suplex pin that I've never seen before in my entire life. 
I gave it one star, but I really should have given it zero stars. I did. What say you? <laughs> yeah, one. Uh, this yeah. was horrible. They looked good. They dressed like crap. They wrestled like crap. <laughs> just the Irish I I assassin. Might be, I, I, I might like, be out of laughs at this point. <laughs> yeah. The Irish assassin was, I don't know, he looked, he was just wearing black pants, black boots, a black beret, and he had, like, black paint on his face, like, he's going to war. I, I don't know. And Samson was just in some, like, striped shorts. I don't know. Is just blah. They didn't even try. But Sid... Oh, few, uh, you know, thus saying that people on the show were trying. Yeah. Well, Sid and a few jabronis pimped the UWF hotline, because, I mean, damn, man, you really want to talk to Sunny Beach? Call in. He's like, if you call Phil right good. now, you may be able to talk to one of us. Oh, yeah. Hey, can you get Dr. Feelgood on the line? <laughs> yeah, I need, a, I need to resupply him out. Yeah, I, yeah, I, need, I need a line on some, uh, on some uppers. Uh, a couple of puns in there. <laughs> and then we go to, like, the actual MGM Grand area. It looks like a mall. But Steve Ray is like seen leading some random children through the MGM Grand to hang out with him. That's not creepy at all. So we're kind of establishing this guy as a pedo before he even comes out in this match. Is that it? All right, touching that. Leave that alone. <laughs> but this next match is Steve the Wild Thing Ray versus Tiny the Lion or Tyler the Lion Mane. Okay, I, for... you said Tiny, but did I get that wrong? Okay. Nah, I, okay. I messed up. Uh, M oh, I, for, oh, spoiler, by the way, the rating for this match is going to be tiny, so there you go. Good lord. It's for the I'm MGM... trying to save you some editing. There you go. <laughs> it was for the MGM Grand Championship. It went for just shy of seven and a half minutes. I said, poor Steve Ray. He really thinks he he matters, and he's part of a big show. <laughs> I mean, did you catch that entrance where he comes out acting like he's Shawn Michaels at, you know, at a yep. sold-out Madison Square Garden? It was... I'll say this. I... I'll say this. He looked like the happiest guy to be there. Oh, yeah, for like sure. That. Oh, I mean, yeah. I like everybody else knew this was garbage. He was, like, trying to, you know, he was, get in the moment. He was, yeah, he was happy to have a job at this point. I mean, like, and he was, he looked like a wrestler. I will say that. I mean, he probably had a the only one all, Probably the only one all night. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was in the top, like, three. <laughs> just, uh, Tyler Main, for that those that don't. really light, but. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Tyler Main played Sabretooth in the first X-Men movie. Yeah. Uh, he was also Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie remakes of the Halloween movies. So he's like a legit actor now, which is cool because he was not a legit wrestler. Steve Ray goes for a sunset flip, but Maine sits down on him and grabs the ropes for the three count. Uh, I just realized I forgot to rate this match, but... Uh, uh, well, trust me, you can, say, you can say one star, you'd be fine. I'm going to say between one and a half and two stars. I didn't totally hate it. And I'm trying to, I'm grading on a curve here, Greg, because, I mean, come on. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, I'm just going to say one star throughout the whole show. But, yeah, this was blah. What's it did, So you're going to say one star? Yeah. Look, I didn't just hand these out, by the way. I, I legitimately watch these matches, okay? I did not go in this wanting to crap on everything. It's just, that's how it turned out. Seriously. Well, if you want something to crap on, Greg, up next... <laughs> It's Candy Divine versus Tina Moretti for the UWF Women's World Championship. This went for just shy of three and a half minutes. That's right, three and a half minutes. The moronic ring announcer keeps calling Candy Divine Candy Devian. <laughs> Candy Devian. 
Yeah, also he repeated everything. Did you know Yep. Uh, <laughs> he was horrible. Candy Debbie, it's clearly divine. However, UWF apparently can't figure out how the hell they want to spell Candy's last name in their graphics. Because in one graphic it said, like, I think it said D D I V I N or something, and then another one was D E V I N E. So they can't even figure out how her name is spelled. The ring announcer can't pronounce it. It's just like, gosh. And that's probably the most entertaining part about this whole set. Well, I was going to say, can you get to the match? Because this is where the good stuff's about to happen. Well, Tina Moretti, for all of you that don't know, is WWE Hall of Famer Ivory before the um, she was uh, good. surgery. Yeah. Well, the good, too. Yeah, because when she came out, I was like, I know that's Ivory. I actually knew her. I actually knew who it was because of the name. Well, yeah. I, well, yeah, because I heard Tina Moretti. I'm like, oh, that's Ivory. And then yeah. she came out, and I'm looking at her. I'm like, if I didn't know any better, because, like, a couple things are missing. No. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Well, they are. I mean, unless she hadn't hit puberty yet. I, I don't know. Just not to be okay, sexist okay, about it. because but... you know what? Now you're taking a whole other thing, and I don't even want to get in that subject, because now it's getting weird. <laughs> Good Lord. But Divine wins after Hey, I'm basically... okay with sexualizing him. Don't sit there and make it weird like a pedo thing. <laughs> I was just saying maybe she was an adult that hadn't yet hit puberty. I don't know. Is I mean, that she was possible? Just... Ask Justin Bieber. Ask and answer. Okay. Okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, Divine wins after basically a scoop slam off the second rope. 411 Mania gave this a fourth of a star. I'm just going to give it a dud. What say you? <sighs> this is another one that I wanted to give zero stars to, but... I I never I don't if anybody has listened to our archives I'm very generous with my star ratings sometimes I it, it takes a lot for me to give you a dud well this was that a lot this uh, I feel like if you were watching this without the announcers people would think you were watching porno because of the way it was going ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well I, there was that and I heard Candy Divine was okay I know Tina Moretti was is good. So I realized they had three and a half minutes, but mother of God, I saw better matches in the Divas era that lasted two minutes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't get like, what the hell happened here? Well, they didn't have Fit Finley. That's all my guess. I... Yeah, maybe. Tina Moretti at this time was only known for being on Glow, by the way. Dr. Death Steve Williams gets some promo time in because, you know, if there's one thing we need, <laughs> Dr. Death on the mic. For those that's, who... my, that's my note. <laughs> That's what the show is missing. A Dr. Death promo. Yeah, because that's going to turn this whole <laughs> ship around. Oh, my he, God. He's known for some just classic mic work in the old NWA. <laughs> just some good stuff that you we and I have to talk about. <laughs> well, he name drops Hulk Hogan and oh, Ric Flair God. here, saying that he can't get them on the phone, but Sid Vicious accepted his challenge. Yeah, okay. it seems like he's in the same realm as those two. Yeah, let's let's just say... He did call them. You can't get them on the phone because they're blocking your calls there, Steve. They only they're... talk to wrestlers. Hey, that's a little unfair. <laughs> Actually, yeah, he was a legit wrestler. Or was he a football player? Both. Uh, well, I just so, meant, I meant he, they only speak to sports entertainers. How about that? They only speak to people who matter in the year 1994. Okay, I mean, and then you made it worse. Cool. I'm not the worst anymore. <laughs> well, I, he mattered in Japan. That's, that's literally, I'm not trying to be Yeah, mean. so does Bob Sapp. What's your point? <laughs> well, Steve mattered in the in all Japan, which in the 90s actually was a good thing. And they made a lot of money uh, because of Giant Baba. But either way, he just... Not convince me that I'm wrong, sorry. He's just, he was a, he's a big 
like he was a big draw in Japan. He was a big deal over there. He comes to America in like I mean he'd been in America and he was a big deal in the eighties and whatever. Nope. But this is nineteen but this is nineteen ninety four. Hulk Hogan had Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair just tore it up at Bash of the Beach. They don't want to answer your calls, Steve. They're hey, probably go, thinking go call Bart Gunn. Damn. They're probably thinking he's calling asking for a job. And then but at and this then, point Jim Ross worked for the other guys. Yep. Well, can you imagine if let's say all this is real and he called them and, and they screened his calls. They're screening like Olympic drug testers. <laughs> and the, and he leaves a message and it's not him begging for a job. And it's him. It's like, hey, Hulkster, come beat me in the UWF for the world title in the main event of Blackjack Brawl. And Hogan's like, did did Dr. Jeff Death just call me up with a series of mini strokes? Like, what happened? I like to challenge what you just said, calling to ask for a job. Do with that what you will. But whatever. <laughs> well, he would be doing the job. This Speaking of doing the job, man, our eyes did the job here up next. It's the Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair, and he spelled out the B and B. Brian Blair as B-E-E. So, I think yeah. just the letter B, Brian Blair, was probably trademarked by Titan. That's just a guess, but... I'll get into that here in a second, but it was B. Brian Blair and Jim and Brian... Again, that was Jim just my Brunzel. guess, so... Yeah. Well, they are taking on the new powers of pain, which are the Warlord and the Power Warrior. When they announced the Power Not the Barbarian, yes. No. Yeah, because Barbarian clearly had better things to do in WCW at this time. No, I, I think say. he was part of the new Head Shrinkers in WWE, maybe. Oh, One well, of that's, still, that's still... He's either, in, he's either in WCW and... Or he's about to be Sione in the new Head Shrinkers. Either way, he's not there. <laughs> yeah, oh, poor him. But the <laughs> Warlord is. And when they first announced, because I heard the name Power Warrior before I saw the guy. And at first I was thinking, oh, that guy that Animal replaced Hawk with over, or no, Hawk replaced Animal over in Japan with, with uh, I can't remember oh, who it him? was. No, but they called him the Power Warrior. So I thought that was it. And then I see this guy and I'm like, what? What the... Who is this guy? Let's. Uh, I'm just gonna get into the notes here. Uh, yeah, because I looked. I don't have any idea either. So. Yeah. Well. Oh, uh, we get some more sweet, sweet mullets from the bees. Starting out. Until now, due to the WWF legally owning the Killer Bees, UWF had been calling the team Masked Confusion. That's what this whole event is. Which I, I mean, I, that took me till just now. I, I, I get it now. Masked. Now that I say it, Masked Confusion instead of Mask Confusion. Okay. That took me a minute. Uh, however, tonight... Like today's Her- years old. <laughs> yes. Uh, however, tonight, Herb basically said, F it all, and went with it anyway, even though it was trademarked. This- well, to be fair, Vince probably didn't do anything because he knew nobody was going to see this, so... Mm. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It, well, that's... Let's just, I think somebody said, if Dave Meltzer's reporting to trees in the woods and nobody's around, is he still wrong? <laughs> <laughs> But this is where I put in when when the new Powers of Pain came out. This is where I put, this is 100% not the Power Warrior from Japan. This guy looks like the dude who changed my oil at the Valero in a singlet. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> he does. He's wearing like a do-rag and a weird singlet. He looks like Rick Steiner's cousin who was like, I want to be a wrestler too. Wow. He's like, no, I, little Jimmy, go back home. I don't know if it was just me, but I feel like I saw him and thought it was the guy that was Mantar. Except like, you know, like 100 pounds lighter. Well, well, he's so insignificant, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So that tells you all you need to know. You know, I, I, I want to scoff at that, but then I'm like, you know, in this day and age, even like 
the lowliest jobber has one of those. So, yeah. Everything. Everything has a Wikipedia page. Everything. And he does not. So, there you go. The warlord gets on the middle rope for an axe handle drop, and John Tola says he's 15 feet high in the air. <laughs> With his arms extended, I don't think it'd be 15 feet, but whatever. Yeah. Warlord takes out the ref. With absolutely no repercussions. I don't know if it was an accident. Power Warrior switches out with a twin. And that twin locks uh, Blair in a full Nelson. That twin also changed my oil one time. The camera completely misses the Warlord coming off the second rope with an axe handle. When Blair moved and he and the Warlord hit, quote, Power Twin number two. Which <laughs> that sounds like a knockoff of the Power Twin. Wait, were they the Power Twins at DC? Like they put the rings together? No, the Wonder Twins. Excuse me. Sounds like a knockout of them. But the but the the camera completely misses all of this, by the way. And then Blair pins the guy for the win while the warlord just stands there looking stupid. I say looking as if he's not. Four one one Mania gave this two stars. I gave it one and a half. What say you? This is the only match that I watched and was like even remotely intrigued by. I said two. Man. I, I, just, yeah. it wasn't my, my notes, honestly, just said it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like, it wasn't horrible, but it was it not wasn't the worst piece of crap. No, definitely was not good. It's just, I don't know. I got into it. Maybe it's because I don't know when I was a kid, I liked the, the killer beast, but I don't know. But I try I to put the, that, I try to put that aside, but it's like, eh. I thought the killer bees did fine in this match. Power warrior was yeah. green, green as grass. And then the I think you have to give points too for two guys carrying a whole match, so yeah, that's part of it too. Because the, the warlord, warlord sorry, yeah, he has, was, and always will be garbage. And I, I apologize. I think he's is he dead? No, I don't think so. No, no. okay, that's okay, no, the that's powers right, of paint still have matches at random shows. I believe that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I was talking to Jacob Grandi about that on uh, on our bonus show from August where we covered SummerSlam 1988, which was far and away not even close to a better show than this. So. Uh, go listen to that. Either way, Jimmy Snuka cuts a weird promo that ends up with him saying that we're going to get to see some excitement tonight. It's about damn time. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler, he was wrong. Spoiler, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say, if for nothing else, this had to have been a dream come true for Mick Foley getting to wrestle that, Jimmy Superfly that, Snuka. That was my one note. I'm like, wow. Mick Foley's like, you know, facing the guy that inspired him to wrestle. So yeah. That's, and That's kind of cool. And a guy who also inspired another episode of Dark Side of the Ring. (laughs) He, um, most likely he murdered somebody. Just putting that out there. I don't want to pass it off or anything, but, like, at this point, he's gone now. And so is obviously the person he murdered. So it's like, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to to say it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, you know, well, I guess at this point, it kind of does it. They're both gone now, right? So. Yeah, uh, well, I think he was found. God, I don't want that to sound so bad. I just, you know what I mean when I say that. It's like, yeah, at this point, if the guy's gone. I mean, I feel bad for his daughter. She's got to live with it. That's the part that sucks. Yeah, that's that's the thing they were talking about. Like his kids had nothing to do with this, and yet they I'm get pretty sure they weren't even a thought. They weren't even a thought when this happened. I believe. No, I think it was eighty two, eighty three. So I think they were they were both born after that. I mean, his son is adopted, but his daughter, like, I don't know. It's Jimmy Superfly Snuka taking on Cactus Jack in a Lumberjack match, which is a laughable stipulation. We'll get to why. This was one of the longer matches of the night at nine minutes and three seconds. Jack tries getting a table at one point, but the Lumberjacks threw him back in the ring. 
Snooka takes a bump on the commentary table and gets tied up with the commentators and the Lumberjacks. The stupid play-by-play guy says, quote, this shouldn't happen in America. Like, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? Was he trying to be funny? <laughs> I missed that, but yeah. I was scoffing this whole time. Yeah. Well, Cactus and Snooka end up fighting through the Lumberjacks and into the crowd as the Lumberjacks start fighting with each other. Jack and Snooka fight into the many empty seats and get counted out. Although they claim that they were disqualified, I think they were counted out. I don't know. It was something. The match was thrown out. My only note for this match is, why the hell would you go into the audience when you have 16,000 plus empty seats? Yep. That's, uh, well... Not just in the audience, by the way. They went upstairs, you know, into all the empty seats. Did you ever read Mick Foley's autobiographies? I did, yeah. Okay, well, I own his first one. I didn't read the Foley is Good one, but uh, in Mick Foley's first autobiography, Have a Nice Day, A Tale of Blood and Sweat Socks, he wrote that UWF promoter Herb Abrams didn't want him to lose and that there was, quote, no way I was going to let Jimmy lie down for me. When the Lumberjacks said that they can't go to a double countout, Cactus told them, we can do whatever we want. It's Herb's show. He even says that in the documentary, by the way. Yeah. Uh, 411 Mania gave this a half a star. I give it one star just because, I don't know, it's Jimmy Snuka and Cactus Jack beating each other up. Do you need to even ask me what my rating is? Did you give it a one or did you give it a dud? It's close to a dud, but I thought it was fun and nostalgic seeing this happen. Yeah. That's why I gave it a one. The first thing I was thinking about was like Mick Foley, like this was probably a highlight of his life right here. Like besides having his kids and getting married, this was probably a highlight for him. So I don't want to crap on that. So yeah, this was just complete garbage. The worst match I've ever seen either one of these guys ever have. Yeah, just good Lord. Jimmy Snuka for reference. I realized it was Chris Jericho, but he had a better match like over a decade later at WrestleMania. (laughs) So yeah, carry Jericho. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's it. La Champion. We'll return after these messages. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives so you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. (sighs) The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Now, back to our program. Here, I put this. You might, uh, I might be going to hell for this one, but I mean, it's, I, I don't oh, know. Oh, just wrong. for this? Yeah. <clears throat> well, after I can only assume taking a huge bump of Coke, Herb Abrams hypes everyone up for the main event. Dude, seriously, he like was. I felt like he was like yelling at me, like threatening <laughs> to kill me if I didn't watch this match. Yeah, it's like, why are you yelling at me? Because I'm Mr. Electricity. God dang it! Ah. Uh, uh, speaking of which, the main event was Doctor Death, Steve Williams versus Malicious Sid Vicious. Because apparently he needed to add a nickname. He. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm just gonna say that before we like 
during the match, he gets a big hit off. I didn't want to miss saying this. The announcer says, also, uh, I forgot to say this for the last match. One of the things that made me laugh about the last match the most was the announcer was like, these are the world's two best right here, folks. Talking about Cactus and Snicker. That made me chuckle. Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, my first note on commentary of this match is Sid hits a big move and the referee, go, uh, the announcer goes, that's why they call him Delicious Sid Vicious, folks. Oh my gosh. called him Delicious? <laughs> oh, my gosh. The commentary was garbage. Have <laughs> so ever heard that for Sid Vicious? Uh, <sighs> nope. This was it, it was malicious, Sid Vicious, people. And I think it's horrible. I just, but it was for the UWF World Heavyweight Championship because, of course, it was. And it went for 11 minutes, one second. Sid actually cuts a kip up during this match. I thought that was impressive. Uh, all there is in this match are body slams and chin locks. Out of nowhere, Dan Spivey runs in and attacks Dr. Death, getting Vicious disqualified. Vicious and Spivey do a double team powerbomb on Williams before Johnny Ace rushes in with a chair and chases them away. It's the only time anybody's ever acted afraid of Johnny Ace. <laughs> I was like, he should have came up with a skateboard and hit him with it, but... Oh my gosh. This, uh, I didn't get 411 Mania's review, uh, star rating for this, but I can only oh, it's, imagine. it's that bad, huh? Yeah, I, I forgot to, to, to secure that rating, but I gave it one and a half stars. Let's say you. I gave it a solid one. I said Ooh. this match was so boring, they just beat each other, bumped into each other, and wrestled each other the whole night. And I know also, they can both do better than this. Do you remember the ending? I feel like the ending was botched. The referee counted three, and there was an interference. He clearly hit three. Like, not one, two, three, uh, boom. Hit one, two, three, and then boom. <laughs> it was oh, clear no, as I day. didn't catch that one. <laughs> wow. No, I didn't catch that one. Well, uh, this is, wow. <laughs> after the match, Johnny Ace and Herb Abrams check on Steve Williams and help him out of the ring. Abrams, ever the optimist, asks Williams if he would be willing to face Vicious in a rematch in a steel cage. Williams agrees to it, also being an optimist. We then have a shouting, awkward face-off at the end of the show between Abrams and Blackjack on one side, and Vicious and Spivey on the other side. Uh, John Tolis really does a hard sell job about how great he thought this show was once we get to the end. This was embarrassing. And they kept calling, this was another, I, I was talking to you about this, this was another one that was like, oh man, they're freaking optimist, optimistic as hell, because they kept calling it Blackjack Brawl 1. Yeah, saying, I caught that, yeah. Uh, that was one of my first notes I forgot to write, actually. It's like, one, so you thought there would be more of this crap? <laughs> and they told us to check our local listings for two. Uh, Ideally, guess, two is probably going to be a year away, give or take, right? You would think. So we're checking our listings now for something that's going to happen in a year? Yes! What are you getting about this? It all makes uh, sense, I'm, right? I'm, don't question I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I don't know. I, I, I clearly, I yeah, we're the stupid ones. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I couldn't get John Tolis off my TV fast enough. This was awful. We'll return after these messages. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice, so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. 
the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Now, back to our program. 411 Mania gave this 3 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 0.71 out of 10. I gave it a 4 out of 10. What say you? I gave this a solid F minus. <laughs> this may have been the worst wrestling show I've ever seen. And I've watched Heroes. Wow. Uh, wow, really? You, this is worse than that? This is worse than that, in my opinion. Oh, that's rough, man. I don't know. This was, um. At least they good. had, um, Zeb Culture on commentary on that, so they had someone who knew what they were talking about. And I know I'm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm really fishing here, but. Yeah, uh, you're reaching. The show was just bad, man. Like, bad. the worst piece Not of good. crap I've ever seen. <laughs> this was horse crap booked on Coke, is what this was. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, yeah, this just, um. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I really, I can't say anything positive about this show whatsoever. If I had to nitpick, I, I guess the positive would be the Killer Bees. I guess. Sure. <laughs> I had a lot of laughs. I'll say that. Yeah, I laughed a lot during the show. If I'm going off of like feeling good, <laughs> you know, after watching this, I'll give it a solid A plus because I was laughing so hard. I'm like. This put me in a good mood because of how bad it was, if that makes any sense. Um, I'm not joking. I just, I was like, wow, yeah. I just watched this crap. And <laughs> yeah, crap that's why, is the key that's word. why Vince never bought the UWF library for the network. I can see it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, who, who would want this? I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's content. That's all. It's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's reason enough, I, I guess. I, I don't know. Either way. Well, we've got two more shows in the week of September left, one of them being a bonus show, uh, is, so three shows all together, and you and I are going to have fun with that bonus show, man. Next week, we've this got... This one's going to be good, actually. And... Oh, well, yes, it wasn't garbage, I'll say that, but... Oh, uh, how, how low is that bar for good now with this show, so... Yeah, well, the next two actual podcasts, not the bonus show, but the next two actual podcasts will be good especially the last one of the, the month. September 23rd, it will be WWF Raw is War from September 22nd, 1997. This was the day after I turned seven years old and right before I started watching wrestling. This was at Madison Square Garden where Stone Cold Steve Austin stunned Vince McMahon. If you want to know uh, some other info about the show, uh, we've, the main event was Bret Hart versus Gold Dust. We got Cactus Jack versus Triple H in a street fight. Owen that Hart one I'm excited to watch again. Yeah, we've got a uh, the Intercontinental Title Tournament going on with Owen Hart and Brian Pillman, Ahmed Johnson, Rocky Maivia, that one man, and the LOD versus the Nation of Domination, uh, as presented or as uh, represented by Farouk and Kama Mustafa. So this was a good show, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I haven't watched it since uh, probably. Well, I don't know if I've ever seen it actually from start to finish. So I'm looking forward to it for sure. Uh, and then September 30th, our last official podcast of the month, it is WCW Fall Brawl 1997. 
We're bringing a good one in here. I'm excited. I actually, to cover I actually that might one. argue that's a great one. But yeah, that's the one where it was main evented by the NWO versus the Full Horsemen. There is a big swerve, bro, that we're uh, going to get into. Great historic stuff. And then our boat boat bonus show for the month. We are going to be talking about WCW's Fall Brawl 1995. This was right after, and I mean right after the debut of Monday Nitro, after the release of Big Van Vader. There was a lot going on here. The Dungeon of Doom was still a thing. The giant was, was starting on to become fire, man. Yeah. And they had uh the big your I almost call it I mean he is the big show, but they had the giant. He was just starting to become a thing. So there's a lot of comedic stuff to get into on that show, but all in all, it didn't suck. There were a couple really good matches on that show and some other things that we can have fun laughing at. Like, um, well, uh, spoil, you know, just, just a little sneak peek. Mr. Wonderful has a, seg- a segment on this show and it's, uh, it's something. It's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Oh, October. I'm very much looking forward to October. I'm not going to ruin what we have in store for October. But obviously, we're going to bring some Halloween Havocs to you. Looking forward to those big time, very much. So we've got some WWF goodness coming to you, Halloween themed and all that. So I good believe stuff. This is going to be a month of good shows, right? October? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I believe October and November, I've got all good stuff. You've got some great stuff coming for the rest of the year. But I swear the rest of September will be good. If you didn't enjoy this week, if you didn't enjoy... How do you not enjoy this? Right? (laughs) If you weren't enthralled with our Saturday night's main event show last week, then you're going to like the next two shows. That's all I'm saying. And the bonus content. We're trying to make it up to you. But thanks for joining me Also, I think it helps helps to do stuff like this. You know, it's not just WWE. Yeah, it's therapeutic to uh, see some garbage. It also just goes to show you that no matter what anyone says, even during this period, WWE was the hottest ticket wrestling. No matter what. This proves it right here. <laughs> it, it was, and WCW was quickly coming up because they had the Hulkster brother. Oh, 94 sucked in MCW, though, so. What are you talking about? Star, Starcade was headlined by Brutus the Eppin Barber. Care to retract? No? Move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, but anyway, that is coming up. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, thanks for doing this to me. <laughs> we, we, will see me. You all, we will see you all next week where we go to 1997 yet again for Monday Night Raw. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. No one really tries to be unsafe online. Enter a dress for free tater tots. But every time you give up info and privacy... So I gave your birth date for free parking. That's how I got this robe. You may give up some safety too. Norton 360 with LifeLock has device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection, all in one. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft, but you can save 25% or more off your first year. Opt into cyber safety at Norton.com slash news. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances 
go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.